Welcome back to Life Talks with Emma and Nadia. I'm Emma. And I'm Nadia. And on this podcast, we'll be talking about different aspects of life as a teenager. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our Oto? Eighth episode. episode. Today, we're going to be discussing um, philosophy and sort of like what it means to be human, what is the purpose of life, some pretty deep questions for um, teenagers. <laughs> and we're sorry if you can hear background noise because there's cars driving by. But the reason we're outside is because we brought two other guests with us, our very first guests on the show. Um, their names are Ryan Abantica, and we danced ballet with them. We've known them for quite a while now. We're all very close. Um, Abantica, you want to say hi? Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Abantica. <laughs> and then Maya. Hi, I'm Maya. <laughs> okay, so, yes, if you, there'll be four different voices in today's episode. Yeah, and the reason we have so many voices in is because we wanted to bring more perspective, uh, because today we're going to be talking about philosophy and asking some philosophical questions, questions more reared towards speculative questions about the world. And so there's not going to be any right answers throughout this entire process, and so we're just here to have a conversation and put out our perspectives into the world. Yeah, so the, I guess I'll be asking the first question today. Uh, we're going to start off with the most controversial in this group, which is, does pineapple belong on pizza? <laughs> okay, I personally vote for yes. Can we talk about the meaning of life? That sounds like a <laughs> Okay, look. Wait, Maybe. I have to say that pineapple does belong on pizza, but only Hawaiian pizza and not too much too much pineapple. Okay, look. As an Italian, I am the only one who, who who has an opinion on this or should have an opinion on this. I disagree. This oh. is no longer Italian. We have appropriated your culture by making it American. You. I am very <laughs> angry about this. I don't even know why pineapple should be on pizza. It is something that is so sweet and you know what pineapple is great i love pineapple it's fine i like, don't then why do you like it on sometimes it like balances out the savory part no no absolutely not you know what there's other sweet things that might balance out the savory on pizza you know like vegetables what? are fine on pizza i don't know do you go on with chocolate on pizza <laughs> no okay look pineapple does not belong on pizza you cannot change my mind. Everybody here is wrong. Except Maya. You don't like pineapple on pizza, right? We said no wrong answer. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to backtrack on that. There's clearly a wrong answer here. <laughs> I mean, I personally may not eat pineapple on pizza, but I don't have any objection to other How people doing How dare you? <laughs> I need somebody on my side here. Oh, well. Fine. Fine. I'll fight this battle for myself. I also want to say that Avantika and I tried kombucha for the first time today, and... Um, if you haven't tried it, I would recommend trying it. It's like sparkling tea, but I wouldn't like, I'm not in love with it. Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Very fizzy. Alright. Shall we move on? Yeah, right. let's move on. Let's see. We have some questions about human nature here. The first one being, we are all artists, so we might, we probably have an opinion on this. Where is the line between art and not art? Like, uh, is, if art is used as an oppressive tool or to insult somebody else, is it considered art or should it be outlawed? 
in my opinion, art is anything, like, in a way that you can express yourself. That's what I think. Art yeah, but is. should that expression, uh, uh, like, if you wanted else. to put up, like, a Robert E. Lee statue and put yeah. it as a monument and, like, as art, is that considered art? I think it's considered art, but it's, like, maybe not a good type of art. Mm -hmm. I mean, art is really subjective, too. Yeah. So it's really based off of every what you believe. Yeah, what you want to believe. Yeah. So I think if it's like a Robert like statue of someone that's a controversial figure, that might mean it shouldn't be on like public property and paid for by the government. But I don't think mm -hmm. that excludes it from being art. Like you could definitely make your own personal museum and have as much like Confederate paraphernalia as you want. But you know that doesn't mean that. It should be sponsored by the government, but that's true with like anything, right? Like freedom of speech, um, it it still should be protected for people to say nasty things. It's just not necessarily, you know, we don't need to, um, we don't need to sort of sponsor that as a society, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have to think about the government has a lot to do with what we consume and everything, and how much the government should encroach on personal liberties. That's another big question, if anybody wants to get into that. Yeah, there's an interesting um, issue with hate speech, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, um, like, the U.S. has a huge problem with, we don't really, we don't really stop hate speech on social media. And other countries have just made it illegal, like Singapore, right? Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, like, some countries, you define hate speech differently, because you could, hate speech, hate speech could be, like, political opponents speaking out against the government or a dictator, right? Mm -hmm. Or it could be like racism, fascism kind of thing. So it really depends on how you define hate speech. And I think in the U.S. we have this idea that every every type of speech should be free. There shouldn't be anything stopping anybody from saying anything, but that can get very dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every speech that someone gives, they're going to be followers, and then they're going to be yeah. people who don't agree with that idea at all. So like every side has, every argument has two sides to it, and I think mm -hmm. it's just really what you want the society to be, and that's what you can follow. Yeah. The interesting question though is like, how much freedom are people willing to give up? Like, because if you censor hate speech, you're protecting people, right? Mm -hmm. But you're also like, you're also possibly um, taking away some of your right to change the government, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't know, at least how the government works in America, if we were to censor hate speech, you need to put it above or below protecting political speech. And if you put it below political speech, then any anything you say as hate speech is legal because you can say it's political speech, right? If you're like, this group of people is like, this race or whatever is inferior, you're criticizing the government, so it can't be censored. And then if it's above political speech, then all of a sudden, any, you can, I mean, the government can basically stay in power by censoring any opposition, right? You're like, okay, Democrats are great. Well, guess what? You know, they've done a lot of really terrible things. Same with the Republicans. So it kind of would allow the government to um, stop any political speech because it's hate, because you're endorsing a group that's done bad things in the past, even if they're a better government. Yeah. That also brings up the question of uh, private companies, private social media companies that censors people like you know recently Donald Trump was kicked off of Twitter and other social media platforms 
Um, and people were saying that violates the First Amendment, which it doesn't because those are private properties. No, it doesn't. Private yeah. companies who can do whatever they want. So where do we do did, it brings up the question of do we regulate private companies so that they follow these uh, amendments? Yeah, sort of like capitalism. Yeah. And stuff. So where where do we draw the line there? And if if we if we uh, censor private companies, if we put limitations on them, are we encroaching on their liberties? Are companies like people that should have liberties? So what's the what's the line there? I think they should have the right to remove people as they see fit because they were abusing the platform that they had mm. but i feel like the amendments apply to them as a company but they can choose if they want that their amendments to apply to the people who use their mm. property so it's yeah <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's a, i think private companies should be able to like regulate their own platforms because um like if they if they can't like um, it, there isn't really good reason why they shouldn't be able to. It's their own product. People are joining it. They agree to the terms of service, which say no hate speech is allowed. You can't incite violence on our platform. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So that was a very interesting conversation, but we're going to move on. Uh, so I was going to ask, so does fate exist in your opinion? Does life have a meaning? <laughs> does free will exist? What influences your decision? So I feel like I, in my opinion, I think fate does exist, but I feel like the journey that we take is solely based upon the choices that we make. I'm going to have to agree. Yeah. Um, I think fate exists, but I think it plays a very small percentage in our life, and that um, if you believe it or don't believe it, it shouldn't really impact your life. It just may be like, if something bad happens, maybe I'm a little bit more like, okay, maybe that's just fate or something, and I don't feel too bad about it, I guess. I don't know. But I definitely think that even if there is fate, we still have free will. And our free will can impact our fate, just like the fate can impact our free will. I actually don't think fate exists, but I also don't believe in the concept of absolute free will, because we are, I think we are influenced by the people around us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the level of society we're born into, uh, the opportunities we we're given. So there's no really free will because we are being pushed forward capitalist society, which is driven by money. So that's what we're pushed by. So free will doesn't exist, but I don't think we're fated to do anything. I think we're put on this earth randomly, and whatever we do is random but influenced by the things around us. I think that the people around us have a great impact on who we are and what choices we make but I also think that we get to decide how much we let them affect us mm -hmm. and so a lot of times today it's like easy to get caught up with everyone's judgment but and so then we use a judgment to say we don't have free will but we do and you know it's funny because um like I I agree with Nadia like Right now, there is no scientific basis for how we would have free will, but I don't think that's a problem because at any given moment when you make a decision, like, it's possible that you you couldn't have made another decision, but, like, think about it. Is that really a problem? Because at the moment, who you were decided, you decided that, and it doesn't really, like, like imagine that you suddenly, two exact copies of you, went into like a blank room, like a giant box, and you, I mean, you would act the same in both cases. Everything is exactly the same because 
at the fundamental level, you're a, a rational person that they, like, where does randomness actually come in? And even if there is randomness, like, say, oh, okay, because of quantum mechanics, technically, random things will actually happen. That's true, but is that really your will? Like, that's not really your decision, right? So, but I don't also see it as a problem because, like, moment to moment, you as a person are making decisions, and whether or not you are quote unquote fated to make them doesn't really matter, right? Because you don't know what your future is. That's that's the reason why it sort of works out, right? Yeah. yeah I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of society, so how would society change if men were able to get pregnant, or <laughs> both men and women could get pregnant? How would that change the well, fabric of society? Men have this like macho um, masculinity around them because they cannot get pregnant, and so they're not hindered by like nine months having a child, and they their physique doesn't change. And so I feel like a lot of society's expectations today are all centered on the fact that women get pregnant, and so. If men were able to get pregnant, I think that would change a lot of things. I think, okay, so if we were to say that throughout human history, men have, men were, like, the stereotypical men with, like, masculine features were the ones that were able to get pregnant, and only them. People with XY chromosomes were the ones who would get pregnant. I think it would be flipped, because I think that those people, men, would be oppressed. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. So, because the way society is built is that people who can get pregnant are pushed down, they're considered less than, um, even though they're the ones that are keeping society going. Yeah, right? So we, even though the, care the caretakers are overlooked, even though, just like, you know, they're essential workers, basically, like, essential workers are pushed down, uh, even though they're essential, like, we don't care about them for some reason. Society doesn't care about them because, you know, they just do the basics and they're not excelling or whatever it is. Yeah, I also want to add that nowadays when people are getting like, pregnant by accident or they're like unwanted or whatever, it's always considered to be the woman's fault. Mm -hmm. And like they never consider that it does take two for someone to get pregnant. And I feel like that puts our mind and if men and women were both supposed to get pregnant, then that would change a lot of the way that we see women as unequal. Yeah, if men and women could both get pregnant, then we wouldn't see this kind of oppression. Yeah. If every, I mean, if everybody could get pregnant, then, like, there wouldn't be... Away yeah, but then, I'm, I'm sure, you know, humans would find another way to discriminate, probably based on... Skin color? Yeah, still skin color, still physical features. Uh, we would still find a way to discriminate, but the gender, the problems with gender roles and sexism would not exist if men and women could both get pregnant. So is math something that humans created or something we discovered? Math? Math. Math. Oh, math. Yeah. Is math something humans created or something we discovered? Is looking at reality mathematically an accurate representation of how things work? I would have to say, I can't say too much on this subject, but I think that math <laughs> is um, discovered. I don't think it's created. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. See, cause I don't what, know. What, what I think is that even math isn't perfect. Like, there's some, and actually there's a lot of unanswered questions in math. Because 
math is something we're created to try to explain things. So that even though, you know, we have laws of gravity, yada, yada, that are math equations, uh, and they kind of can predict what will happen, it doesn't, it's not something that we really discovered. It's something we created to try to explain the world to other people so that we can uh, figure out what's happening. But it's not, because if it were truly something that was connected to the world, it, um, it wouldn't have so many gaps in it, you know? Uh, we'd be able to explain more. Well, just because we don't know all the answers doesn't mean it's not out there. Yeah. Look, I think that I think that we've created math, and I think it's created like any other language, and I think it's really great, but like, historically, if you look at how things develop, I mean, we're just picking things that work for the world best, like vectors, right? That's completely arbitrary. It's mm -hmm. just because it works in physics that they invented the vectors, sine waves, right? Or yeah. you transforms, like, every single thing is just creation based on heat, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's... it's I mean, just like English, right, it's a language to describe the world, and it's just a very helpful language, but it doesn't have to be fundamental. Um, like, I don't think anybody would argue that, like, English is somehow, like, fundamental to the world, but it, you can describe it really well with it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stuff like physics that, and chemistry that rely on a lot on math, where something we created to try to wrap our heads around it, because we cannot really wrap our heads around how the universe works. Like, we are tiny humans with, even though we have really advanced brains, cannot fathom the true nature of the universe. So we just created something that will help us communicate, like, you know, languages, like Maya was saying. So, yeah, that's what my opinion is. Does that change your opinion? A little bit. Like I said, I don't really have much thought to this. Hmm. I mean, I think that... Um, one thing that, one thing that might convince you is, uh, just to realize that, like, is, is that, like, the stuff like, like you're saying, Newton's law of gravity or whatever, we wrote that in a mathematical term. It's not true. Like, we know now that that entire law is, is not true. It's, it's the same thing with, like, S equals MA, right? We have a great description and now we know there's really no such thing as a force, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it sort of shows you that we can make a really good description of reality that, that works only approximately, and it's not like the math itself is somehow fundamental, it's just we're trying to fit our language to the world as best we can, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alright, well, moving on, we have a little question here. Uh, is justice a human construct, or is it independent of humans? Do animals have a sense of morality? I think animals have morality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because like, there are just like those like rare cases where like other species will take care of like another species' baby or something, or like we picture animals as a lot of just killing and hunting, but I think they're a lot deeper than that. Like, I, yeah. Actually, okay, so the thing about that is I don't think animals have a true sense of justice. I think humans created that concept. Justice, it, yes, but uh, morality, I think. Even morals. I think humans created the concept of morals. Because let's say, like, the example you had of, like, a species taking care of a baby that's, like, I don't know, lost their parents or whatever, uh, they're not doing it out of a sense of I'm doing what is right, I have morals. They're doing it as a matter of life and death. They want but why would they want to save another species' baby that could be their competitor? 
I think like, well, they don't, you don't see a zebra out there raising a lion cub. You see zebras out there helping other herbivores, other non-threatening animals that are also threatened by predators because know, they're trying I think, to protect themselves. No, but they're raising the animals that have the same predators like they do. Yeah, so that, okay, so that they can, um, get those babies eaten and not bones. Yeah, basically, that's what I'm saying. That's not really me, but they're, if, the, if they, if somebody, if an animal expands its pack, it's usually like pack, pack animals that adopt in other species. Um, if, let's say an elephant, a group of elephants might have taken a zebra. I don't know if that's ever happened, but let's just say that happens. They're doing it to expand their pack so that their pack is larger, it's more threatening, then they're less likely to be attacked by another animal. Not because they're like, oh, I Or maybe they just animal. have a sense of motherhood and they care deeply. And they're like, oh, what if okay. I was to lose a child? This like, this is how I would feel. It also, gonna... like, depends on the size of the animal's brain. Because, like, I know there's studies on, like, because um, whales and dolphins have similar brains as humans do. They're pretty advanced. So I think they're capable of a little bit because there's, like, videos of whale moms, like, going out and crying after their their child dies, right? I think they do, but, like, if you go, the lower you go, the, the more the, okay, the, the, like, the smaller the animal is, or the smaller their brain is, or the less developed they are, the, maybe they don't have morals. Maybe yeah. their morals are just different than what our morals are. I, I will add something, um, which is that rats will, say there's two rats, and one of them is trapped in a cage, and the other has some chocolate chips, and rats really love chocolate chips. They will share their chocolate chips. They'll bring them over and give them to the other rat. And they will, even though they're trapped, so instead of just eating them all for themselves, they're shared. And I'm not sure that that is maybe your idea of, like, what's right, but I think that, like, um, I think that, like, morality and, like, a sense of what's right is sort of a feature of a society. And, like, if you have a community, you sort of need that. Like, elephants, right? They have elephant graveyards. They mourn their dead, right? That's sort of a yeah. feature of their... And so I don't think humans are exclusive in this. And also, I'd like to point out, like, I don't think that from the outside, human society would look very just either. So I'm not sure yeah. how well we can <laughs> yeah. actually judge what other animals do. But they... But I mean, whether that animals have empathy for other, especially members of their own species, is definitely like, is definitely true. So, because I think for animals, their idea of morals is a lot different than us, and so maybe their morals is just doing whatever's best for the pack. Mm. So whether that means like bringing food back for the young or like taking care of the elderly, like that's what they perceive as right and moral. Mm. I also think that for animals, their main priority is just staying alive, and yeah. for a lot of for humans, that's like not, for us it's more about money or being successful or having a good family or anything like that. So it's just a different understanding for each species yeah. that we need to consider. Speaking of this, what do you think that taking a human life is ever justified? Like, you know, we have the death penalty, we have wars. Um, no, abortion is not human. I'm sorry. No, it's scientifically. No, I'm by scientific definition. Um, I just like to say I would kill someone to prevent them from blowing up the entire world. Oh so, yeah, yes. we do. <laughs> I think that it's justified sometimes. I'm obviously completely against war, but. Um, but who gets to de define? Who gets to define what is justifiable? That's the thing. There's no definition. Power. Yeah. Because like a political leader can go, I'm going to kill my opponent. No one can say anything right? about it. Yeah, they can do that because. 
you know, they want to. But I think, I personally think it, yes, there are times when it is justifiable if we're really on the brink of complete disaster. But I don't support the death penalty. It's, that's, because I don't, because it's also more, more expensive to... For me, I think the death penalty depends on the person in the scenario. Like, if it's a terrorist or something who's going to go out there and continue doing bad things, and you don't want to waste tax money to go continue Actually, it, to feed it, them. It, it costs more to implement the death penalty than it does to... What about, like, a life yeah, it costs more because they have to like get permits. They have to get a. Usually, actually, the death penalty can go wrong a lot. There's a really interesting John Oliver segment on this. There's um where they like mess because they can't. Doctors and medical professionals cannot legally kill somebody because they take an oath. So they get either somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, or like it's just I guess someone who hasn't taken that oath or like failed out of or something or knows a little bit about it so it can go wrong a lot and it's also very expensive to carry out the death penalty more expensive than just letting somebody live out a life sentence and i also don't this is, i don't know i still think the that. death penalty only works if you believe in hell because otherwise you are all you're doing is alleviating somebody's pain you're, yeah that's your brain you're so basically them taking them in jail they're just gonna die yeah exactly so if you don't believe in hell then the death penalty is just helping the person that you're killing, right? It's okay, not then do that. I mean, I do have an objection to the death penalty because our our criminal system, our criminal justice system, is mm. so messed up and well, so racist. Yeah, that's why I say it depends on like the scenario. No, yeah, that's the the thing is, is that like way too many innocent people get killed, and it's I'm just not okay with that. Like, even if you're in jail, there's like there's like um nonprofit organizations. I think there was actually, there was a movie made of this book, it's called Just Mercy, it's yeah, about I watched it. a lawyer, yeah, and that's actually one of those examples that, like, those will, they will help get people off of death row if they're innocent, but if you're gonna die, then you don't really have enough time to do that, so, I mean, I suggest so, reading the book, but I don't think our, yeah, I, think, I think we should definitely not be using the death penalty as much as we are currently, and I don't think we should use it on people unless we have concrete evidence against against them. Right. Even with concrete evidence, there's if there's any chance that somebody is innocent, then you need to not use death penalty. Okay, fine. Well, you're 100 percent sure, 110 percent sure. Okay. The thing is, there isn't a way to be 110 percent sure because there's no way to really verify that we don't know if somebody's telling the truth. We never even know. Even if they confess, they can still be yeah. alive. A lot of people get false confessions because a they cannot afford lawyers, b they're pressured into it. We live in a capitalist society, so a lot of people cannot afford to do that kind of things or they're coerced into it they're like they're told that like if you just confess now you won't have to do like go through trial and all that uh, because that can be also again costly everything revolves around money so a lot of you will falsely confess and false confessions sometimes if they're bad enough can lead somebody to have to end up on death row and we don't want that to happen because like i think it's like the thing is like five or ten percent i think it's five percent of people on death row are actually innocent right somewhere around i don't have the exact number but i don't know but, but there's a lot of people it. that have after the fact been like that they're like oops we're sorry we didn't see them killed you because someone else murdered that guy yeah, yeah. So. also like a lot of crimes that aren't really that bad end up get somebody on death row you know i mean i get it if you're like a serial killer you're probably gonna end up, end up on death row but, like for smaller crimes that that you're not really necessarily a dangerous society. A lot of people end up on death row for that, and they shouldn't. If 
that prison themselves was like a murder and yeah. killing people, then it would sort of make sense for them to be on death row to experience what they caused other people to go through. But yeah, but would you rather punish I would one rather person or 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 and risk like killing innocent people that did absolutely nothing wrong? Or have them sit in jail. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, 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 yeah. sit in jail. If somebody that innocent sits more. in jail, they're going to, um, they have more chance of getting out. Than if, and yeah, there's also that if they're sitting in jail, they have a chance of not doing the wrong thing. Like, if they were to be innocent, then it's like now too late for them to yeah. get out. Because, like, if death, they're, once they're dead, they're gone. You can't yeah. do anything about that. Mm. And also, death row can be used as a way to um, legally take out, again, a political opponent. You charge your political opponent with something, you force him to confess. Um, you, torture is used a lot by the American organization. We don't like this. Like Guantanamo, known for torturing people and getting false confessions. Usually torture gets false confessions. So that, and then if that ends up, on, ends up getting them on death row, because they confess to being a terrorist when they they're aren't suffering. actually. Yeah. I mean, their suffering ends, but also you don't want them dead. Like, they deserve to yeah, live their life. Yeah, if languages, if language influences how we perceive color, what other things could languages be changing our perception of? Absolutely everything. <laughs> if language influences how we perceive color, what other things could languages be changing our perception of? Yeah, everything. I mean, how do we even know that color is real? What is color? I've thought about this a lot. It's just the way particles are perceived by the sun. You know what? I doubt ever, anybody sees the colors the same. Like, I can say the sky yeah. is blue and you can be seeing what is actually purple. And then to me, blue. you know, and yeah. be like, oh, the sky is blue, so that color must be blue. Yeah. No, blue. But can we ask the opposite question? Is there anything that language doesn't influence your perspective of? I feel like language influences everything. It's the main way we can p communicate. So. Yeah. Yeah. Even like body language, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Apparently, body language is like 80% of communication. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And you know what? That's why I don't watch like news television because I don't want to be subtly influenced by 80% of information that I can't like think about because mm. I'd rather read it and have everything there on the page than than like trust something versus some on somebody's body language. You know, they have lying. a bias. Exactly. Yeah, right? and then the way they say it, like if they're being sarcastic, if it's the tone yeah. it can influence the way you think about something, if you like it or not. So re yeah, reading is just more of a sort of... That also that 80% of body language is so many... Uh, greatly open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody can take it a different way, and that yeah. can create controversy, and that leads down a whole different path. Yeah. I was like, I went down this whole of YouTube videos of like FBI agents who like talked about being in behavioral analysis and how they would see people's body language and how they would figure out if people are lying. But like, as I was listening to them talk um, and hearing about what they what they what they kind of look for in people who are lying and stuff. I realize that um, the way we see, we think of somebody as a liar, like you know, being shifty-eyed or whatever, mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that they're lying. It's just what we what is most common in the media that we like take in. Like the media tells us that people are being shifty-eyed or lying, you know, then we automatically automatically assume that's true. But it doesn't necessarily lying. It's just like being nervous and things. But it's the way we see behavior is different for everybody. Also, I think a part of us sees what we want to see, mm -hmm. not what's actually in front of us. Yeah. How so. much can we actually trust our memory, our version of the events, you know? Yeah. Like, a lot of eyewitnesses of crimes and things see different things. Yeah. Like, two eyewitnesses who were actually there and saw everything with their own eyes. 
would give two completely different accounts. Yeah, and that's also why the justice system is unreliable, and the death penalty is unreliable, because people just give different accounts of what will happen. Oh, this is interesting. Another question. Without religion, would people become more or less or be equally morally corrupt? Um, religion has a lot of pros and cons. You know, religion has started huge massacres, wars, deaths. It's just insane. But at the same time, it can be a really holy thing for a lot of people. And in general, it preaches, like, goodness. His religion. I want to add that religion for a lot of people can be like a source of motivation and hope for a lot of people. And then on the other hand, the people who do believe and something bad happened and they're like, well, why did this happen? Because I've been following exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And so they kind of question who, what they believe themselves. And that kind of, it's different for everybody. I think religion at its core, most religions have a pretty good message. The problem is, that humans twist that message um, is like you know it, it, Christianity says uh, do not kill, but yet there's been so many wars started by Catholics and Christians with this do not kill, but it's fine if we kill to make other people Catholic or Christian or whatever it is, right? It says don't discriminate, but we see religious people discriminate all the time because a they either they ignore it or uh, preachers twist the words and tell them that it's okay to do this because I said so, even if it is, uh, if, even if the Bible or whatever religious holy book it is says you shouldn't do it. So they follow the parts that benefit themselves. Yeah, basically. I don't think people are less moral if they don't have a religion just because, um, I don't, because I think that like, like you said, right? Being religious doesn't mean that you act morally, but in the inverse of that, you don't need to necessarily think that the world was created by some, like, all-powerful being to think that treating others decently is a good idea. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that religion is really important for people, but I think, sort of, like, I don't necessarily think it makes them more moral people. I think that if you're going to be a good person, you're sort of going to be a good person whether or not you believe in certain stories. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that, yeah. I think yeah. that people, if everybody stopped suddenly believing in religion, I think that they would, like, I think it's important for a lot of people to have, like, a certain belief system, but I don't necessarily think that it makes you more moral. Mm-hmm. Because, like, specific things in like the bible or something are not necessarily like super moral anyway like i don't know killing your own children to me that just doesn't sound super moral so i also think that a lot of the reason that people follow what their rules or whatever were were written a long time ago and we have evolved and what we think as quote unquote acceptable or normal in today's society it's going to be a lot different and so what people interpret as being okay now is not what they were taught in their religion so that can prevent a lot of people from truly being who they want to be or who they are it can stop them from just being themselves i guess yeah i mean would people be so against gay marriage if it weren't for religion i don't think so like what what fundamentally is wrong with other people like 
being gay. Like, the only objection people have is that their religion told them it's not okay. I mean, yep. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's, like, Rome, for example, like, so many of the Roman emperors were completely gay, open, like, that was just part of their culture, is it's fine, like, you know, um, and then, for some reason, Christianity decided that wasn't okay, and mm -hmm. now people, now, like, like, half the population is objects to that, yeah. so. You see people using religion as a tool of oppression, even though it, even though it wasn't meant that way, it's That's true, been yeah, changed to fit a narrative. And, yeah, like, gay marriage, like she pointed out, like, there's no real reason. Like, I know, I heard some Supreme Court arguments from back when there was, uh, the, the gay marriage case was up up there. Um, like, they were arguing about, you know, gay people can't have kids. But, like, so, do, so can old couples. Like, there's no true argument that doesn't involve religion. And also, like, the, the, the separation of church and state comes in here. Because a lot of people oppose it because of religion then but they're in politics like that's just how is that allowed i think religion influences a lot of what we do and i personally think might we might have been better off without it i don't know it kind of depends it's kind of crazy to picture a world without religion yeah. i think religion is a very like natural like response of people who are scared of the world right yeah like someone like someone's kid like your one of your parents dies and the other parent is like your 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 father you know he's in a good place you'll see him soon we'll all be together again right i mean yeah. i think religion makes a lot of sense but i just don't think it's necessarily always helpful right mm -hmm. yeah I guess we can do one more question. So, what's your opinion on utopias? Like, what if there can we actually get to a utopia? What would that look like? I think is it the definition of utopia that like impossible place? I don't because well, I don't know the exact definition, it's but it's perfect place. I mean, yeah, just actually. Let's just for this uh, discussion, a utopia <laughs> is a perfect place where everybody has the same rights and everything is, I guess. I don't think we can. I mean, I agree on the statement that everybody should have equal rights and given the same opportunities, but because of what we follow and what we believe, everybody's always going to have different opinions and views about how the way the world should work and how our society should run and who should be in power and who should not. So I don't think we can ever achieve that. Yeah, me too. I don't think it's possible because the thing is, if we have a utopia, then and everybody is the same. Like everybody, we still need people jo working lower level jobs. Um, we need to have a structure, a base of society, and how hard we would have to work to get there. And there's always going to be evil in the world. Like there's no, we can't get rid of the evil and make it perfect. I I don't know if you read. We all read The Giver, probably. Yeah, school. I know. Cause like yeah. all the utopias in quotation marks that I've read about, they're like. Uh, they all turn out to be dystopian. Yeah. So, I'm like, yeah. Well, about, okay, I'd like to say something is that I don't think you could write a very interesting book that takes place in a utopia. So, yeah. you couldn't really take yeah, that as a utopia where everything is the same. It just becomes boring. There's no but, uh, true path to it. There's no way to excel, like, you know, boring. But, but the thing is, is that, um, like, what, whose utopia would it be? Like, I'm sure my idea of utopia is entirely different than your guys' idea, and I don't think that you could pick 
one kind of perfect world that would make everybody happy. So I just don't think it's possible. Like, yeah. I think that's it for it. We've been talking for like 40 minutes. So thank you everybody for listening. Do you guys want to say bye? This was fun. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. Make sure you tune in every second and fourth week of each month on the Tuesday for our next episode.